lying in a bed, surrounded by your friends and family. You know, because you've seen it so many times on television, that you are at the end of your life. The gentle background rhythm of your own heartbeat lulls you to sleep. And just as you are embraced by a glowing orb of warm light, you hear your grandson next to you say, Silly granddad, there was an app for that. This is a fate I can save you from. to I Will Save You From The Future, a podcast about new technology and how to stay safe from it, how to run far, far away from it. Today I am joined by Jazza, Jazza John, Jazza MC. How do you, what do you, how do you call yourself now, um, nowadays? I, I, sometimes I like to embrace the whole um, share philosophy and just go by Jazza. Jazza. Um, I feel like I'm successful enough to just have one name Uh um uh, but jazza john is what i go by um professionally on the internet because there is one bastard uh youtuber in australia called draw with jazza whose real name is josiah so it's not even his real name like it is mine Mm. um but if you just type in jazza then he turns up before me and it's very annoying it's the bane of my existence that's the worst um so in like uh, you do a lot of uh, things. What's the elevator pitch? The elevator pitch is, you. okay, so I do political, queer, social commentary on my YouTube channel, and I also run a podcast and co-host a podcast with my uh, Brexiteer co-host Jimmy called The Right Dishonourable. Um, uh, and we have opposing views, but are very respectful of each other, kind of, not really, some of the time. It's Yeah, it's great. I listened to a couple episodes recently, because uh, I didn't know you had a podcast. Yeah, like, well, all of the YouTubers are now starting podcasts. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah, it's the way to case, go. Case in point. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm like, guys, I've got like 80 episodes under my belt. Who do you think is the all kidding? Yeah. Um, but they all release and then instantly become more popular than us. Um, but I'm okay with that niches are where it's at you're fighting a, a losing battle in fact in the last episode with briley we we spent a good 15 minutes talking about how we're all very apathetic about politics and um we were talking about uh, mind controlled interfaces in the last episode and how they might be used to pacify us even more um great excellent so i'm just here yeah. fighting a losing battle trying to inform the public and create safe spe- spaces for political engagement and you're just shitting all over my ideals thanks well i thanks, mean Bing. it's fine what you what you have to say is great and it's it's just that everyone listening is in like is strapped into like a clockwork orange chair and is being brainwashed into not caring yeah, yeah. i'll just continue to scream into the void as long as the internet will let me so uh you had a birthday recently you celebrated a birthday how old are you now <laughs> Did. That's a very personal question. You should never ask a gay man who's clearly over 25 <laughs> his age. Um, uh, I am... I twen- it's, it's okay. You didn't know, but you do now. Um, I'm 28 years old now. Um, uh, and uh, uh, how many of those do you think you've got left? 
Uh, well, somebody once told me, a fortune teller once told me that I was going to die in the year 2040. Um, so do the maths back from that, I guess. So you're 20, um, so that's like... I've got 22 years, 23 years. Yeah, you've got 23, 23 more birthdays, you reckon. Yeah, I'm, um, I'd be happy with that. I'd be okay if this was my, the, the middle of my life. Like, it gets exhausting if, after a while. What if I told you that we can get that number, like, really hammered out? If it, Like, within the next few years, we'll be able to get that really, really accurate. No. Um, because today, uh, we uh, the, the topic that I picked for us to discuss today is medical wearables. Uh, I hate it already. We're talking <laughs> things that stick onto your body. Or sit on your body or are incorporated in your clothes that measure certain things about your bodily functions mm-hmm. um, and track things like heart rate or blood pressure or temperature or uh, remind you how to take um, medication and stuff. Right. Cool. Is this you, like, it, this have... is essentially Fitbits, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Fitbit uh, is probably the most notable kind of consumer product yeah. in this when you're... When you're looking at the kind of just mass market who don't have specific ailments Mm -hmm. to address. Yeah, hashtag spawn. Yeah, you're talking about Fitbit. You're talking about Apple Watch. Uh Uh-huh. You're talking about... uh, Yeah, they're like the main two big ones. You might might use something like Health Patch MD Mm. if you are... Uh, you want to track slightly more detailed information about yeah. yourself. I know there's also generally there's also communities online for like diabetics who track their yeah. sugar levels and they they're using like uh, massive data accumulation methods to try and find out the best way of not becoming hyper or hypoglycemic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, this kind of tech comes is kind of an evolution of that that community spirit, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at least in is partly it? in theory. Okay. <laughs> is is like collaborating on understanding a, a disease in a in a mass way that only technology and the internet can enable. Mm-hmm. Instead of one on one, like comparing notes, it's thousands of, or hundreds of thousands or millions of people around the world comparing notes. Yeah, it's more um, like I kind of hate the phrase big data um, uh, because it's just become a buzzword and a reason for people to like mm. um, fund research and when it doesn't actually do anything. But it is like the the, like the actual iteration of big data they're just accumulating as much information about you as possible and then data crunching it yeah so that's what we're talking about and um i don't want to dip too much into the history of it but um it's worth noting that medical wearables actually older than you think um in the kind of strict definition of the word um you can go back to 1898 <laughs> what <laughs> uh yeah you can go back to 1898 with the first electric hearing aid Invented by a guy called Miller Reese Hutchinson. Hutchison. Hold on. Does that, so are we counting that as a medical wearable? Yeah, that's a medical wearable because it has a medical application and it sits oh. on the body. It is worn on the body like an item yeah. of clothing or a hat. Yeah, or it's like um, it makes us a side cyborg basically. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's like nothing. <laughs> there's like nothing for over a hundred years. There's just like updates and refinements to the hearing aid mm-hmm. and nothing else <laughs> we, for ages and then you get things like people are like this is our peak yeah and then you get things like uh pacemakers which are kind of wearable tech but uh, most of the time they're installed it, you yeah. know yeah, yeah you download <laughs> it's hardware you they're put inside you which i think is is one of the uh, a place where you cross the line into something else uh yeah that's actual cyborg 
Whereas, yeah, that's an implant. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Have you? A side, we, side note: Have you? Uh, do you know anybody who has a pacemaker? See, that was a, what I was about to ask you: is if you have any experience with anything like this? Yeah. So my granddad has a pacemaker, um, mm. and he, uh, apart from the fact that he had to have one fitted, because obviously not ideal, but he, um, after he had the operation, was ecstatic by the fact that he could feel an artificial heart just under his skin, on his chest, and he'd take your hand and go jazz feel this and then you can feel like this plate just under the skin um uh, that it's like he's got a chest plate oh yeah no i i do that i don't have a pacemaker but i um had heart surgery as a child and my heart is in a different place in my chest cavity and Mm -hmm. uh you can actually see it like pulsing i've probably shown you i i I actually i actually think i'm being triggered right now from that memory yeah uh you can see it like just under the skin like moving and if you put your thumb like right on my solar plexus you can feel my heartbeat really 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 clearly Mm -hmm. um i do that like it's a really fun thing to do if you are so you know if you are blessed (laughs) Blessed. with with some kind of abnormality or uh or implant one of the greatest joys is freaking people out yeah exactly and he gets it my granddad definitely gets a kick out of um uh scaring the shit out of um young children as he does so yeah um uh, but yeah that's my kind of experience with it and then obviously from like uh like whenever the apple watch and the fitbit took off then all of a sudden like mm. everybody had one and i was like this yeah. is a dystopian future um uh, but other than that no not really yeah so um so do you own a Fitbit or an Apple Watch yourself? No, because I think that it's how the robots are going to kill us. Good, first step. <laughs> well done. That was a test. I also don't own a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. Is yours um, also because you think the robots are going to kill us? My main, I mean, my uh, jokes aside, my my thing with the Apple Watch is that I am already, I am already get very frustrated about how much my phone dictates my life and what, mm-hmm. I, what order I do things in. Like if I have an email or a notification, it's urging me to do something in the order that I wouldn't want to do it mm-hmm. in. It's a nagging at my attention. And if it was on my wrist as well, mm-hmm. I just, that's I just stress I don't want. Yeah, and I'm just so like... So I've never bought into it at all. Um, And I'm just like, what is going to happen? I'm not going to use the majority of the information that that device is being built for like my heart rate yeah. or anything like that or any of the data they have um apple are apple are gonna yep. like decide what they're gonna sell me which occasionally is like a good thing but for a really long time mm. facebook thought that i was an asian woman in char- in like studying abroad in the uk um uh, oh that happens ah oh, i am so sick <laughs> i'm so sick of targeted advertising not working okay <laughs> like fair enough we live in a world where targeted advertising is is inescapable, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I've come to I've come to terms with that. I'm at peace with that knowledge. But when it doesn't work, I get just I I'm furious every time I go on YouTube. <laughs> every fucking time I go on YouTube, I get I get one of two ads. I get a, a ad for Wix. <laughs> Hey, you're looking for a website. Did you know we can use this? We, you can make a great website using Wix. You, you know the reason, like, I'm smart enough to know that the reason that I have those ads running on my YouTube is that I recently signed up to Squarespace. Yeah, no, 100%. I am exactly the same. I'm going on Squarespace to edit my website that I pay money for. And it's like, oh, you've been on Squarespace recently. 
I guess I, I guess I'll try and sell you this w- competing service. Uh, the one thing that creeped me out was so I I um deleted Uber and um as soon as I deleted the app, I started getting ads for Uber on my YouTube videos. Mm. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's like it and it's a waste of money for them. It's such a huge waste of advertiser money, and I feel like they don't realize how much of their money is going down the toilet on people like us who have already bought the competitor or already signed up. I get ads for like every the other ad that I get on YouTube is for Money Farm, right? I use them already. I'm getting the ad because I or I'm on the website checking my fucking ISA. <laughs> but this is the thing, right? Um, uh, advertising has always been a bit shit. Uh, there's there's somebody yeah. famous who used to say that um, half of the advertising dollar that I spend is useless and only half of it works. It's just I don't know which yeah. is the stuff that's useless and which isn't. And I feel like targeted advertising is kind of similar. Yeah. Um, it, like, they like to think it's so much better, but it isn't. Yeah, but they have like graphs and stuff, and so it looks impressive yeah they've got the more numbers to show you um so we're scared about fitbits um uh, being used to yeah, sell so stuff. we're scared about fitbits uh, like we, we talked about we talked a little bit about pacemakers and, and whatnot and i want to distinguish that i want to make the distinction that that's not they're not wearables because they're kind of actual medical implants that's not really what we're talking about mm-hmm. uh a wearable is basically anything that is not like surgically a- attached to us or, or or added to us what happens um, when they, they start can... surgically attaching them to us though because that well, is going yeah to that's happen. i mean that's that's definitely part of the terrifying future that we want to avoid <laughs> um some of them can in in some cases uh like inject or dispense um uh, medication for instance there are a lot to do with diabetes you mentioned already yeah there are tons of companies who have like insulin dispensing or insulin regulating or like reminder machines for these you got the uh the one touch ping mm-hmm. um you got the uh dexcon g5 you got the mini med all of those are, are like artificial pancreases essentially um, in one shape or another, whether they remind you to take insulin or they actually inject you with insulin and you like refresh the little pouch on your waist. Um, you terrified me um, a little bit, yeah, when you said that these things are going to start injecting us, and I was like, are we already at the age of nanobots? Oh, no, well, not so, not so much nanobots, but um, the mini med uh, definitely um, can can automatically kind of regulate your insulin. What happens when somebody accidentally overdoses from an automated? injection they move on to the next t- test subject <laughs> and then notify the fda oh, well. um the the i came across a gem right uh there's another one of these systems made by a company called abbott um which is called it's just got the best name ever it's called the freestyle libre flash glucose monitoring system i'm so sorry but a diabetes aid should not sound like a skateboard freestyle libre yeah no (laughs) like (laughs) that's a that's that's like the new line of nikes that (laughs) coming out this fall it's all about the branding though man you've got to get those young diabetics in early yeah like like which which glucose patch do you have (laughs) oh you got the mini med well, I got the I got the Libre. Yeah. Check out my Libre. I've got the and Libre. He, like, raises his shirt a bit. <laughs> yeah, it can. And it's got like a go. For, it's got like a lightning bolt on it. Yeah, I was thinking like there'd be a Hello Kitty range. <laughs> well, I mean that's a whole avenue we haven't explored yet, have we? 
branded uh, wearables um oh it is only alive, a matter of time also... i mean i i mean the iphone not the iphone the iwatch already has mm. like mickey mouse branding on it like as one yeah. of the oh, default God. and imagine imagine like a lot of this kind of uh branding and like cross promotion right is always about um is always about building fond associations with your audience right mm -hmm. what fonder association is there to have than like the thing that looks like mickey mouse literally saves my life yep 100 percent keeps me alive <laughs> without mickey i'd literally be dead <laughs> thank you mickey and you like you kiss your two fingers and then you you touch mickey on your like belly where he's attached <laughs> I was going to say, where are you touching, Mickey? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's just a face. He's just a face right, okay. and a little, like, translucent tube full of insulin. 100%. 100%. Um, like he, his, like, mouth, yeah. his mouth is like a grin, and through it you can see the, the liquid. I'm loving... Uh, oh, God, no, I did not need that much of a, a <laughs> mental image. So, other... Uh wearables that exist in the world you got the zo xt patch uh this is a two-week wearable uh electrocardiogram patch so it's measuring your it's recording your uh heart rate right. and it's able to do that for two weeks non-stop you can wear it in the bath you can wear it in the shower and whatnot um that's great i've actually done a few electrocardiograms in my life and they're bulky bulky big machines and they uh have wires and then the typical kind of round sensor patches are stuck to various parts of your chest and you can't you can't go in a bath um or a shower wait so did you just and not you can only do them for like for a day. two weeks no no so they're only done for like 24 hours or 48 hours right usually but being able to do it for two weeks um and live your life and do everything that you usually do in your life which includes showering um <laughs> is great that's fantastic i'm on board with that. can you um explain to me what the difference is between a um cardiogram like you said and just having my pulse recorded because i've certainly worn um uh, like before there were fitbits they were like those straps that you'd used to put across yeah. your chest when you used to work out yeah. and it would record your heart rate how is a cardiogram different? so the echo the the electrocardiogram um you've got sensors on different areas of your body mm. so it's not only measuring um as i understand it it's not only measuring the rate of your heartbeat but also the strength of blood flow and um, and electrical transmission around your body Interesting. at different points. So it knows, it can kind of identify faults or like if there are, um, this is my very rudimentary understanding of it, and I really should know more because I've had so many of them in my life. <laughs> yeah. um, but I believe it, it's it's a more comprehensive look at whether there are any, is, is any interference in the whole system mm -hmm. and not just like, Oh yeah, it's happening a few a few times every minute. That's good. So, is this product that you mentioned that does this? Is this a commercial product, or is it like a medical? It's something that is prescribed to uh, you by a doctor, or can you just buy it off the shelf? I I believe it is. Um, it is mostly record. It's like prescribed by a doctor. Um, okay. I don't know if you can buy them over the shelf. There is another one, um, a slightly different thing that you can buy off the shelf. Uh, this is a product called Quell or Kel, maybe if you're French, like Kel. it's question. It is questionable. And I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to, um, have you still got your messenger open? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to drop you the link to this guy, this, uh, this piece of equipment's website. Uh, this is a page called, you're looking at a page called Kel, uh, how Kel works. Can you look at this website and tell me what it does? 
Okay, okay, hold on. Off we go. Powerful enough to tap into your body's natural pain relief response. Uh... A better option for widespread relief of chronic pain. Kelpak's a powerful punch. Yeah, like, without drugs, apparently. Yeah, without drugs. So, it, 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 it makes a big point of saying it's drug-free. Uh-huh. And it stimulates your sensory nerve. And it is, you strap it to your leg and you have an app that controls it. I really think all this does is vibrate. <laughs> I mean... I'm looking at this, this page, this really long page full of execu-speak and marketing language and... I think it just vibrates. Um, but it taps into your body's natural pain relief response. Uh-huh. <laughs> By vibrating. Yeah, 24-7 therapy. The only FDA-cleared OTC device that can manage chronic pain at night while you sleep. By what? But it is clinically proven. By vibrating? And it's patented, which is important, patented. I guess. Patented vibration technology. I mean, if there's a listener out there who uses a, one of these um, devices, please... Feel free to chime in. Send me a send me a tweet. Let me know what it does. There's because I think it just vibrates. There's a testimonial, and the title is just "He simply lost hope until Quell." Oh bless. Oh beautiful. Uh, that's also I've also got one other lovely nugget for you. Excellent. Um, and I, I'll I'll paste this one as in as well. Let me just find it for you. This is a wearable. Uh, called the Ovular Ring. Okay, this already sounds like one of those sex eggs. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, if I had to pick two words that described, uh, what this looked like, they'd be sex and egg. Um, the ovular ring, and I'm just going to link you to a bunch of pictures of it. Um, it does, this is just a, the word ovular, ovular ring, it sounds like something that you're going to strap. It looks like something that you strap around yeah. your penis, doesn't it? Yeah, so ovular ring, um, you're close. Um, it is something for ladies who are feeling a bit broody to put inside themselves and it keeps track of when they're like ready to have baby go go time oh Re when they're ready to uh get uh, conceiving well that explains the name ovula and ring yeah i guess so this is so i'm a gay man i haven't been near a, a vagina in a very long time but mm. this seems incredibly invasive though i do suppose if that what if one uses yes Oh God! There's a graphic of her putting her finger up her vagina. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean. I think. Oh. Um. Invasiveness when it comes to the entire process, the entire timeline of childbirth. I feel like invasiveness is very elastic measurement. Um. It kind of because this is the this is the beginning of a process that ends with a human ripping itself from your body. <laughs> so I feel like a lady who was committed to to doing that and bringing a bringing a, a beautiful bouncing baby into the world um has no problem putting a little plastic ring in their yeah, it, vagina it's all relative but but for goodness sake don't bounce your baby <laughs> they don't bounce they, they don't they go splat contrary to popular belief <laughs> um so yeah there's a there's a, a, a bunch of different wearables uh and then you you like bringing it back to the kind of casual stuff um yeah you've got the fitbit and you've got apple watch mm -hmm. and you've got this kind of big data um, in big quotation bunny ears, um, approach to healthcare where the, the perceived logic is 
the more we know, the better we can treat you, which is really code for the more we know about you, the better we can sell advertising. Uh, so so this is um, for us as Brits, and we have the wonderful, we, we have nationalised healthcare, so um, mm. any pre-existing conditions don't affect the amount that our medical bills are, um, and like care is free to the point of, it's free at the point of, um, administration or whatever it's called um, yeah. but there's debates in the US that are very very um, uh, consequential because the amount of data that um, uh, somebody, a company can have on you will affect your premiums when you're paying for your health insurance which can decide whether yeah. or not you live or die. Absolutely I mean there's yeah as a, as a British citizen with a pre-existing pretty, pretty severe um important pre-existing condition mm. um congenital heart disease i uh, can wear an apple watch uh, free in the knowledge that the data that apple collects about me is not going to be used by my hospital to charge me more mm-hmm. or deny me certain services um but yeah because they um actually in the uk legally it's their fault they uh every time i go to the hospital actually um even since i was a, a child they say sorry <laughs> It's just the one, one, some of the wonders of British culture. It's great. Um, yeah, but okay, so before we get into the doom, because that's kind of doomy, that's very Okay, doomy, let's like try gonna, and be positive. There's a lot to unpack there. Let's think about good things. <laughs> like, how can we do cool stuff with what's happening here? Okay, so something that I... So I did, you know, um, uh, 23andMe. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, like, map your genome and stuff. Um, uh, yeah. And so I now know what kind of conditions and what kind of um, uh, stuff like my propensity to become addicted to cigarettes or alcohol or to get a heart defect off of um, uh, uh, drinking too much coffee, etc., etc. Not heart defect, but getting heart disease off of drinking too much caffeine. Um, I now know mm. how much I need to be watching that as I go forward. If I were particularly worried about any of those particular things that I now know, because 23andMe have all of this data on my genome, um, uh, I could track that um, uh, and try and ensure that I lived a lifestyle that was less likely to affect me negatively for things that I know that I'm already predisposed to ha- like uh, come across in my life, right? That's Yeah, that's using data to actually kind of inform good uh, lifestyle choices. I think that like a lot of the kind of common wisdom behind these movements like uh, Apple Health and, and Fitbit collecting things uh, to encourage that kind of outcome. Mm-hmm. There's another, it also reminds me, uh, uh, I have here in my notes, um, you know, Michael J. Fox... Uh, the guy y- yes. from the he went back he went back and forth to the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and he has a he has a charity uh, in the states uh, all about Parkinson's disease, which is his the disease he has, which should really be called Michael J. Fox disease at this point. <laughs> I'd, I'd um, sign that per- at, petition. Yeah, and he has a, he has a um, charity like every Hollywood celebrity does, um, and it's all about. <laughs> parkinson's disease and they do some research they do some interesting research i saw just glancing through preparing for this episode i saw that they ran a study where they sent a bunch of um parkinson's sufferers uh free pebble smartwatches um and asked them to log everything about their lives um and keep a kind of keep track of their um episodes as well as tracking um 
the everyday metrics that the pebble collected about them yeah so uh, like all of this kind of stuff i don't i don't think that big data and the collection of big data um is necessarily inherently evil i'm just incredibly incredibly mm. wa- wary of it especially when it is about um individuals health and uh diseases that yeah. may, they may have that they actually also may not be aware of um uh, but then when that is collected i have no problem with what um uh, um uh, michael um uh, what, what michael j fox thank you um uh, what he is doing for that because everybody there has opted in to submit their data for research purposes yeah um uh, i don't think that my mate Layla, who works next to me um uh, is doing Doing that with her Fitbit and is aware that all of her information is probably going to be able to be shared um, uh, with other companies that want to sell her things. Mm, exactly, and that's that's kind of I guess one of the easiest ways you can draw the line. Yeah, is is kind of uh, understood consent. But then, like everybody has to tick that box that says I consent to blah mm. blah blah. But the big problem with um, consent in our modern era is that we are handing over rights to these private companies that then um uh, we're handing over rights that we haven't actually read yet we're signing contracts that we've not skimmed over because they're like 70 pages long um there was a uh, project a couple of years ago um where as part of a study a university in the u.s um got a load of people to sign documents um that looks like mm. the standard itunes like terms of service uh and one of the clauses said that they would sacrifice a kidney and their firstborn child to the company that they signed the agreement of um because nobody reads the fucking agreements yes exactly yeah no we i don't we're all guilty of it i don't read it um i kind of have this naive um background logic that if they did have clauses like that they'd be very difficult to enforce um, and that there are kind of consumer rights acts in most of most of the free world that protect consumers from certain things that uh, would be overreaching, but that's not always the case. It, it really isn't always the case, and so often there's um, uh, uh, like not preced- There's not really precedence for this kind of stuff, um, and especially mm. when it comes to data and legislation is so far behind. Um, uh, I'm very conscious that I'm not being incredibly funny, and I'm just terrified about this whole thing. No, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Um, I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll do a joke later. No, I'm like I'm sitting here thinking like, how can I use this? Like, can I do like uh, what can I say that's like gonna bring up the mood? Um, and you know what? It's nothing. Like I, uh, nothing's gonna help. Um, so we should take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the real, the real dark shit. Thank you for listening to episode four of I Will Save You From The Future. I'm having a lot of fun making this podcast. I hope it shines through in the material. Also, thank you to everyone who has tweeted about the show so far using the hashtag UCCast. That's I-W-S-Y cast. One or two of you have actually inspired topics for upcoming episodes. So thank you for that and look out for those. I have a message here from John D. The D. The Big D. And it is to Halt. And he guesses me as well but mostly halt. So this isn't the Jumbotron. Brackets, I still love you, Bing, but I guess it'll do.
I mean, yeah, a lot of podcasters and networks do this kind of thing. It's not original or inventive, um, but it is a really good way of supporting the show. And thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, little brother, he goes on to say. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as me. It's an infant and has goofs galore. Bing. Oh, you're dr- Bing, make music with Griffin McElroy and I'll father your children forever. Also, they're doing a podcon in Seattle in December. Do that thing, my man. I mean, yeah, um, thank you. Um, and yeah, totally. To all of those things, I would. Absolutely. Um, I've never been to Seattle, um, but Grey's Anatomy is set there, so it's gotta be good. And Holt, if you're listening, thank you. But also, I don't know how old you are, I just know that you're a little brother. If you're too little to hear swears, turn this off. Turn it off right now, because we swear a lot in this podcast. It's not for kids. So if you are one of those, stop. One for the road. If you guys ever start a collab podcast or YouTube channel, here's a soundbite for the end of your videos. You've just had the most amazing time watching Holt and John. You're welcome. And one for podcasts. You've just had the most amazing time listening to Holt and John. You're welcome. If you would like to get a message read out in this podcast or another podcast on Hit With Wrench, you can go to hitwithwrench.com forward slash classifieds. It's a really great way of supporting your favorite shows. And John D, the D, just became the first ever person to support this podcast by doing it. So thank you. Check that out. Again, the URL is hitwithwrench.com forward slash classifieds. You can also go to hitwithwrench.com forward slash podcasts and find not only every episode of this podcast, but a couple others that I do. There's one called Pride and Prejudice Lit Edition, where I'm improvising my way through the entire Jane Austen novel, updating it and changing the language. And there's one that I started with my friend Tom Bown about Twin Peaks. It's called Peaked, and we are discussing every episode of the new revival season that's airing currently right now on Showtime. Thank you for listening to me talk in the middle of the podcast. I'm sorry, and I'll let you get back to it now. Okay, so we're back and we're talking about wearable medical technology. Um, and uh, now... Wedical. We- wedical technology. There's a joke. Wedicals. 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 Yeah. Fantastic. We got one, <laughs> one bona fide joke in the episode. It was forced, but it's there. <laughs> Great. So what's the worst case scenario? Like, let's get real here. What's the worst case scenario? Um, uh, public health providers and insurers decide to not provide medical care to people based on predisposed conditions that they have that are identifiable by people wearing this um, uh, technology. Okay, so deny we deny people um, healthcare, we take it away. I feel like a lot of that already happens... Um, can we think a bit more like further like what like 50 years 100 years do we have um, like Terminator-esque kind of nurse ratchets coming door to door and they just maybe they're just like give me your hand (laughs) and you you present your hand and it reads they read your information and they say nope you have diabetes goodbye goodbye toodaloo Enjoy hypoglycemia. Goodbye, and on to the next. Um, uh, on to the next residential cube. You actually um all, uh, uh, like mentioned this at the very beginning. Um, and knowing when you're going to die. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, that's a huge one. And of course, we know like there are accidents. 
you know, we can we any one of us can be final destination at any moment. No, but um, with what? self-driving cars, uh, nobody's ever gonna die from a traffic accident ever again. Shit, you're right. When you take it, when you take that into consideration, actually, accidents are gonna go way, way down. We are gonna be living to a, the natural conclusion of our lives more often in the Western world, and we're gonna know exactly when. Yeah, we're gonna have a death day clock. I would mount it and frame it in my living room. Yeah, that's what you would do. Yeah, I think I'd hide it in the. Attic, like Dorian Gray. Gray. <laughs> I think I, actually, actually, you know, I like. I mean, I like to think. I think we all talk a big game on this because uh, it's a hypothetical, and we'll never know. Mm. But I, I like to think I would be the kind of guy that embraces it. And it's like I wake up every day, and it's like, okay, seven years, six months to go. What haven't I accomplished yet? Oh no, that makes me uh, like. So you describing like that, like that has made it all of a sudden feel very real, and I feel physically nauseous. Yeah, that, but <laughs> and because of medical wearables, it's not even like we're talking about like a something that would be on our wall. Like, what's a fucking wall-mounted clock anymore oh, no. in a hundred years' yeah, time? Yeah, but we would. It's on our wrist. <laughs> it's in our skin, and it's saying like it's saying like, oh, good morning, Jazza. Your fucking arm says to you, <laughs> good morning, Jazza. You've got eight years and. 17 days left. Um, it wouldn't be in the Stephen Hawking voice, though, because it would certainly be in Stephen Fry's. Oh, yeah, so it would be Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. I was going to say Stephen Fry, um, just because I feel like he needs or to Stephen be the voiceover for know... all, all wearable tech in the future. Yeah, it depends how quickly Adobe rush out that, like, software where you can make famous people say anything oh it is only a matter of time and then the slanderous court yeah, cases yeah. will come and then like yeah we could have anyone you could have uh tupac you know <laughs> download it <laughs> download and uh, your arm as a voice um because at this point i'm imagining that the the wearable technology we and going back to the kind of cyborg implants uh that we talked about earlier and uh, also in the previous episode for some reason I'm I'm imagining I think like everyone else that wearable tech eventually is just like is part of our skin or it just like it does just kind of oh battle, I, that so that I'm border. thinking like bloodstream so I feel like it's something yeah. that um is techno organic which is the term I just made up oh um, yes that would be injected it. into us yeah no thank you trademark um Jazza John 2017 yeah uh, and we would have it injected into our bodies and then kind of like these little like nanoprobes would end up growing with us mm. um uh, perhaps also um they'd end up repairing us we'd end up, uh, do you play overwatch we'd end up being like mercy from overwatch yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah and that boundary that that i kind of laid out at the beginning um it it becomes important here because it then fades away entirely yeah <laughs> it's like it existed and now it doesn't and uh, wearable tech is just part of us and we're all cyborg cyborgs from birth mm -hmm. and you're like you pop out of your mum um and she's been preparing with her with her ovular ring so she's <laughs> she's ready for it and you pop out you slide across the table and the doctor's like hey dude what's up here is your lifelong uh, pack of nanobots. Oh, uh, they're, they've all got individual names, but there's millions of them, so I'm not going to tell you. Um, you're almost making it feel like you get your own Digimon. And yes, I kind of love this now. Yes, you absolutely get your own Digimon <laughs> at, birth, at birth. Assigned to you, you. get a million Digimon like... in your bloodstream, and all of a sudden, I'm sold. And all of the marketing companies can have all of that data because all I've ever that's wanted it. is that's, a Digimon. That's, I... 
Yeah, no, and and yeah, because we're talking about selling this shit to millennials, right? Millennial scum like us. Yeah. The easiest way to do that is gonna is to gamify it with some kind of monster collection mechanic. Oh, it'll be like Pokemon Go. Yeah, only it's your life. Yeah. <laughs> and you're collecting you're collecting things that keep you alive. To a certain extent, it's already gamified because just by the sheer fact that it's being monitored, you know the 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 whole like measuring it changing the outcome kind of deal i think that applies to like the quantified self which is any data that you are collecting about yourself on your devices just the sheer fact that it's being monitored for some people makes it a game yeah but how many people like pretend how many people to prove that they've run a certain distance just strap on their fitbit to the dog yeah and send it out like that strap your fitbit around a can of dulux and put it in the mixing machine yeah Shit, dude, you did a f- you did two million steps today, and also broke your washing machine. <laughs> Coincidence? Yeah, I mean, no. Yeah, like if Pokemon Go for the like day that everyone was playing it got people outside, and that was fantastic. And wasn't that brilliant though? That summer, that was great. I'm gonna look back on that like halcyon days. It was a beautiful summer. It was just after Brexit, mm. so I was really down, and I just descended back into my 10-year-old mindset. It was brilliant. Yeah, and then Pokemon Go came, and it brought the people together. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was beautiful. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, like, nostalgia. Not, that, we haven't seen... We have not seen the end of that kind of thing, and it'll only get more and more cynical. Like, hey, um, take your insulin. You get... Uh, I always I always go to this well, like the um, uh, microtransaction currency like oh hey good job you took your insulin medicine have 10 candy crushes yeah. whatever the currency is yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is going to be the future it's not going to be bitcoins it's going to be candy crushes specifically how many yeah. crushes you can have in candy crush i've never played the game i don't yeah. know how it works well i mean yeah i've got when when the working class lose all of their jobs when physical labor is mm. gone mm. completely mm-hmm. You're going to need something to pacify them while they're waiting for their government-issued wage. <laughs> um, uh, the universal living wage is... Um, uh, no, what's it called? Universal basic income. Um, uh, I'm waiting for yes. that. Because then I, ev- everyone's going to be a YouTuber. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, everyone's going to... Everyone who wasn't already a YouTuber is going to be a YouTuber or a podcaster. Uh, everyone's fucking novel. Everyone's, like, <laughs> terrible zine is going to start... It's going to be on Kickstarter... Like, it's already here, it's just going to be amplified. Yeah. Um, that or their app idea for how to turn the data from the wearable tech yeah. into um, some kind of crazed money-making scheme. Yeah, and the, the, yeah, the handful of people who, who are able to keep those people alive whilst also profiting from them. That's the algorithm for success in this future. But do you think that the end goal of um, uh, technology like this, like obviously technology doesn't have a goal in itself. Technology is always created by somebody. And so it's the people who have the agenda. Tell that to Ted Kaczynski. Do you think that the end goal is to pacify, is to make money? What do you think is going to be like the be all and end all of this um, horrifying dystopian future that we've imagined? I think it depends a lot on population, don't you? I think... Uh, if there's lots of people, if there's too many people, pacification is the way to go. If there's not enough people because we've denied them healthcare for like seven generations, <laughs> then maybe it's keeping them alive. 
Um, uh, so this is something that... Ultimately, we need more humans to sell products to, right? Oh, it's an incredibly important part of our capitalist um, future. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was um, actually quite... Uh, something that flagged up when you were talking about being born and then being given your million Digimon into your bloodstream. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, well, we're not going to be born. We're going to grow up in like this test tube that is already monitoring us pre-birth mm, of, the ultimate wearable tech the ultimate it's wearable tech you. is us is the womb that we are grown in oh yes it is the matrix like a, a fucking bubble <laughs> yeah 100 mm, percent. yeah that's it isn't it okay so for our listeners who don't want to um <laughs> don't want this to be the the case what can they do to avoid this what we can we come up with action steps for surviving this uh, outcome okay okay so um my answer to surviving any kind of dystopian future is almost always move to the isle of man um mm-hmm. because it's a nice enough e- specifically the isle specifically of man. the isle of man because it's like well connected enough if i ever want to return to society but also never somewhere that is going to be hugely penetrable by the robot hordes that are going to end up taking over the world um it's not really a big enough land mass it's inconvenient stormy um uh, so and also reception is really bad um, uh, mm, so yeah, connection to the cloud. Yeah, the cloud cloud computing is just not going to work. Uh, paperwork is oh, going to be the, the only way. The thing is, though, because we're going to have the we're going to have the Wi-Fi drones. Oh yeah, that's what Mark Zuckerberg wants. Inside a wants. decade, we'll have Wi-Fi every every corner of the planet because there'll be Wi-Fi. There'll be Amazon Wi-Fi drones and shit. Google drones flying over overhead projecting wi-fi bubbles i mean that's just going to be really annoying for me when i want to make my really artsy sweeping drone shots because all of the wi-fi drones are going to be in the way so move to the isle of man that'll save you for a little while it will that'll save keep me for you a little distant while. um obviously that was obviously, meant to be my only the only thing i did big and you've already destroyed it um <laughs> no that's good that's good but jazza that's the good, drones fine. Well, <laughs> i'm so sorry so you're on the island, man. Um, I feel like it goes without saying that on the ferry over, you threw your Apple Watch and your Fitbit and your pacemaker and stuff in the, oh, yeah. in the sea. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's why I don't have an Apple um, Watch or an iPhone anymore. I moved to the Google yeah, Pixel and, and Google definitely aren't ca- um, carrying data about me. Yeah, and joking aside, you can turn a lot of these settings off in your phone if you go into your, your uh, settings on your iPhone or your Android and, and you can just, like, find where it's tracking your footsteps and, and stuff like that and just turn it off. Yeah, which... Keep, turn it off. It does really annoy me that you have to go into each individual one, though, in order to do this. Like, the normal layperson yeah. is not going to know how to do this at all. Um, like, my mum mm. is having her like heart rate monitored by her bloody apple watch does she know or care no but somebody out there is gonna care yeah so you you can turn that off you throw your stuff in the sea you're on the isle of man um the drones come every, <laughs> all your neighbors come in they we run out of uh, space on the on the mainland and we start building parking lots and malls on isle of man right okay suddenly wearable tech is around you all the time again uh-huh and every it seems like everyone but you is be having like new parts attached to them and pills colorful pills dispensed to them by the mechanical nurse ratchets uh yeah um and you're asking how do i self- save myself from that eventuality how do you just stay i i guess at this point it's about survival 
and sanity. I mean, man, you have to you have to become a Buddhist or something, don't you? Really? Mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine who's at the moment going on a ten day silence meditation workshop. He's gonna yeah. he's not allowed to say a word for ten days. I would Incredible. genuinely go mad. I have a YouTube channel and a podcast. I, I live to talk. Basically to myself. Oh, yeah. So, vow of silence. Yeah, like, you'd have to vow of silence, um, join the Franciscan monks. Find or build a monastery. Yeah, I'm sure... um, uh, Can we get a bit more, like, radical? Can we actually fight back? Can we, like... I'm thinking, right, and maybe (laughs) maybe I'm getting too revolutionary here. Maybe this is maybe too inflammatory for some of our listeners to, to hear comfortably, but... Could we, once we have our monastery up and running, our, uh, train up our train up our brethren? Are we making warrior our monks? sisters and our brothers? Yes. <laughs> and can we train up our warrior monks? And okay, get this right. Get this. Disrupt the system. We get sick. We get real sick. First step, we break into like a government hospital or something. We get really nasty. Uh, viruses. Uh-huh. Then we run into the streets. We like travel back to the mainland. Maybe we get in people's homes. We take their watches and stuff off them, or they're like bug their chips out. I guess at this point, and we like rub their chips up against ours. And everyone like suddenly like everyone's got these diseases, but they don't, and like the whole system is chaos. So- We're just like going door to door, like, yes, ma'am, can I see your hand? <laughs> now the machine thinks that you have Ebola. Bing, bing. So, yeah. so first of all, um, this is very close to biological warfare, which I'm pretty sure is um, against the Geneva Convention. Um, second of okay. all, this is basically the outline and the prelude to 28 Days Later. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying actually like, kill people. Um, just I'm not p- saying don't get don't give the people the disease. Just trick the machines into thinking they have the disease. Yeah, but disease. then at the end of the day, we still have Ebola. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a suicide <laughs> mission. <laughs> You, you thought you were getting out of this? But then what was the point in creating the monastery in the first place? The, the point of the monastery was to protect this sanctity of humanity and the innocence of Yeah, us. so maybe we leave, like, we leave, like, 10% of our population behind to continue on our valuable work. <laughs> and it just repeats, like, every, every like, 10% generation. Bing, there's, there's two like of us. Culling. There's two of us. What, we leave my foot yeah, behind? by the time we have the monastery, like, other people will have found their way to us. <laughs> There's got to be more than than us. There's got to be more than just us who want to avoid this life. Listener, if you're listening to this in the future, then come join us on the Isle of Man so that you can be the 10% that stays behind after we go and do a suicide mission. Meet us on the man. (laughs) Meet us on the man. And that's just like the next upload. The next episode is just like that message repeated like a a warning buoy. I mean, like, I'm not down for the biological warfare, but the holiday to the Isle of Man. Sign me up. Okay, so you can stay behind. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be the 10%. I I am a great dad. You stay behind and you raise up the next young legion. And so that they can be sent. This is sounding a lot like ISIS now. (laughs) Oh, God. I just want to red flag that right now. Yeah, but... 
every every revolution <laughs> no no you can't start justifying that now i know i've basically okay. i'm gonna just back away from that entire <laughs> that entire like line of of logic uh-huh. right now uh-huh good and stop and i think maybe stop the podcast as well very well i think i think, I think, we're, we're good. I think we've destroyed this um, action points action points throw your stuff in the sea <laughs> Uh, rip out any um, any and all uh, implants you might have already. Throw them in the sea, like the heart of the like the jewel heart of the sea. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of them. Get rid of them now. Mm. Like, don't even throw. Wait till you're on the ferry. Like, just put it in a bin. Um, then get yourself a ticket to the Isle of Man. Come join us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll work, we'll fill you in on the details of the plan once you arrive. Yeah, join our little commune. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Jazza, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> After this, um, <laughs> um, uh, you can Nowhere. find me. You'll be gone. <laughs> you can find me across the internet um, at Jazza John, um, uh, spelt as it you probably think it's spelt. Um, uh, and on YouTube, I'm at youtube.com slash rhyming with oranges. Rhyming with oranges. One of those usernames that you regretted after a while. No, right? I am still really proud of rhyming with oranges. Ask me what it means. Ask me what it means. What, what does it mean? Well, what rhymes with orange, Bing? Nothing. Exactly. So I'm doing the impossible. Oh. Damn. 17-year-old Jazza came up with that after six months of genuinely thinking really hard. Good job, Jazz John. Um, you also have a podcast, right? Yes. Called The Right Dishonorable. Yes. It's about politics. It's real good. It's about um, politics, social issues. Um, I'm a Bremena. Uh, Bremena? Bremona? I wanted. I voted to stay in the EU. Um, my co-host voted Bermona to leave. Um, we talk about um, politics, make it accessible. We have a lovely time. It's banterful. Fantastic. Uh, and you can find that on any good podcast app and on iTunes and uh, the same as as this. <laughs> um, cool. I don't have like a fully fully signed off yet. I still still working on the way to sign off. Uh, so I'm just gonna say. Uh, until next time. Bye. Goodbye. Toodaloo. And we're, they're always watching. <laughs> 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 <laughs>